0: The push for ever more productivity, the nudging to return to the office, the political comings and goings, the funding uncertainty—it's enough to convince some feds it's time to retire. But think about it first. There's an opportunity cost to retiring. We get more now from retired federal manager and financial advisor Abe Grungold. And Abe, the instinct to retire needs to be accompanied with a lot of thought, doesn't it?
1: Yes. If you're thinking of retiring at the end of this year, there are a standard list of questions that I always suggest to my clients and these ten questions are are you eligible to retire can you afford to retire are you allowed to keep your health insurance plan in retirement are you going to keep your federal long-term plan in retirement when are you going to be eligible for Social Security when should you elect Social Security How much life insurance are you going to need in retirement? What should you do about Medicare? Should you transfer your TSP to an IRA? And how do you handle your TSP with respect to withdrawals and inflations? So these are the 10 topical questions that retirees or potential retirees need to think about before they start filling out their paperwork.
0: Now, it seems like the first consideration of the 10 your eligibility would be the simplest.
1: Well, Tom, it's only simple for those people who have put in a significant amount of time in the government. You are eligible to retire if you reach your minimum retirement age plus 10 years of federal service. You must have that to obtain a retirement. You can have a deferred retirement But when you select deferred retirement and you don't have your MRA, you can lose a lot of your available benefits.
0: And with respect to your keeping your health insurance under the federal employee health benefits plans and your long-term care insurance that you might have had through the federal plans, what's a good source of information for determining what you can keep and what you can go forward with?
1: Well, that's a good question with respect to health insurance a lot of people carry their health insurance through their spouse so before you retire you need to ask your spouse what are their insurance availability in retirement the cost of it and how far away are you going to be to medicare so it's really a dollar and cents issue so you need to Research that out on the OPM website and on the medicare.gov website. Now, with respect to long term care insurance, the best thing to do about long term care is to hang on to it if you have a policy because long term care is getting exceedingly expensive as we age. My mother was in a nursing home and she had to pay $150,000 per year in a nursing home. So if you have a long-term care policy, hang on to it if you can afford it. A lot of people can't afford one. And that's, again, a dollar and cents issue.
0: And the question of Social Security and when to elect it for FERS employees and you know those that came later – or that might have come to the government, you know, mid-career and didn't have an entire federal career, they're all eligible for Social Security. Although I know a few SIRS people still haven't quite retired yet. But for those people that can get Social Security after government work, that when to elect always elicits a lot of debate when people talk about it. Some people say, take it now. You don't know how long you're going to live. Why leave it on the table? Others say, well, I presume I'm going to live long enough such that the monthly payment is much bigger if I wait longer. How do you know the right answer there?
1: Well, that is a very complicated question. Even for myself, it was a complicated issue, Tom, because when I retired, I had some health issues and I decided to submit my retirement application at the age of 64. Now, my wife stopped me and she said, Abe, Why don't you take it at full retirement and let me take it early? And that way, I hate to say, if something happens to me, my wife would get the higher of the two. So that was a strategy that we as a married couple discussed. And I thought it was an excellent idea. And here my wife pointed something out to me and I withdrew my social security application. So you really have to look at your budget. Do you need Social Security now to pay your bills? Are you healthy? And if you're healthy, maybe you can hold off uh, on Social Security. And the other big issue is, do you plan on still working after you retire? So if you're working, you really don't want to take Social Security. Uh, You want to hold off on that.
0: Or if you're working, say, part-time for half of what you earned earlier, then you may want to.
1: Yes. If you're working part-time, there is a dollar amount, I believe it's $21,560 that you can earn without losing any social security benefits. And yes, working part-time is a good strategy in retirement. It keeps you busy, keeps you active. It provides a source of income and you don't have to lose any Social Security, I believe it's $21,560.
0: And if you go above that, then Social Security diminishes. But does it go back up again once you fully retire?
1: Well, if you fully retire, then no, your Social Security would stay the same. You just get the COLAs for each additional year that you age. But no, if you're getting Social Security at age 62 and you're working part-time, You can earn up to $21,560. There's no reduction. But certainly after the age of 67, you can earn a million dollars a year. And you're not going to lose any of your Social Security. Well,
0: that's a relief because I had that personal question myself. We're speaking with Abe Grungold. He's a retired federal manager and now does financial, I guess you could say life coaching because life coaching (laughs) is probably right next door to financial coaching. And the withdrawal strategy, I mean, that's what really I think worries a lot of people because that's your principle, and so you want to make sure you know that the principle is growing even if you take the return from it, you know, the nest egg. That's everyone's big question.
1: Yes. Well, this is a tough question because as a TSP participant, I am still in the TSP even though I am retired, and you need to invest your TSP somewhat aggressively to handle the monthly withdrawal amounts that you're making as well as inflation. So you don't have to be fully aggressive. You need to be somewhat aggressive in your retirement years. And you can have a sizable monthly withdrawal. And if you're somewhat aggressive, that growth will sustain itself. Your TSP should never diminish as you are in retirement years. And for me, even though I have a long-term care plan, My long-term care plan will be exhausted after two years. My war chest for nursing home is my TSP. So that's where I'm going to pay for those nursing home years is my TSP.
0: Sure, or else uh, you can hope to have enough dementia that you don't know you're in a nursing home. (laughs) That's maybe so
1: small, unfortunately, yes. As long as you know that you have the ability to pay for your nursing home care, and it's also a good idea when you get on in years is to establish an estate plan so someone is paying those bills in the event you are not able to make your own financial decision. So let's so, get
0: back to that original question you mentioned, and that is the opportunity cost of retirement. That seems like a big part of the equation and probably yes. your lifestyle and what you plan to spend and spend it on, too. That's the other side of this besides all of the income questions.
1: Well, the opportunity cost used to be something that I used to hear from federal employees who were much older than I was at that time, and they were retiring and they had all these grand plans of what they were going to do in retirement. And let's say you are earning $100,000 a year as a federal employee, okay? And you're going to get a $40,000 a year pension. Now, say You just want to have a mindless job in retirement. You want to work in a flower store or you want to work at Home Depot. You want to work part-time or whatever, and you're earning $40,000 a year. Well, now you're earning $80,000 a year. You could be working full-time in retirement, working in a flower store at Home Depot, and you're working full-time. You're losing $20,000 a year by doing that. Now, a lot of people work remotely. They want to teach English to people remotely. Okay, fine. You're earning that $40,000 a year teaching English. You are also getting a $40,000 pension. You're losing $20,000 a year, and you no longer have that government computer. You have to go out and buy a computer now. You have to buy a headset. So there's a expense to incur in order to do that part-time job and both jobs that i mentioned you're not getting the tsp matching of five percent and that was a loss of another five thousand dollars so you really have to understand what is it you're going to do in retirement and how much are you going to earn and maybe it's just a good idea to work an extra year or two and You have to evaluate that opportunity cost.
0: And before we get complaints from the florists, it might be that you really like flowers because flowers can be a very creative (laughs) type of endeavor. So please, no complaints from florists. We love you. So the idea of working another year, but that predisposes the idea that you like your work because a lot of people just burn out maybe.
1: Yes, that's true. I, I had a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine. He was a federal manager high up and he had to retire to take care of his spouse but he still wanted to keep busy so he worked at home depot in the landscaping department and he did it just you know for the physical aspect of it and he enjoyed it and i said you know that's a wonderful idea you stay busy you're working and you enjoy what you're doing yes people get burned out and You know, government jobs are very tough, especially these frontline jobs that people just don't want to do anymore. They can't tolerate it. So it is difficult. I actually had a great government job. I worked remotely, but I was a lucky person.
0: Well, yeah, I know what it's like, because as a person who loves what I do every day, I love getting in here in the morning and firing up the computer and seeing who am I going to talk to today. I mean, it's hard to beat that. On the other hand, you know, taking a three-day trip, uh, you know, and everyone else is going home and they can fool around on Tuesday to do whatever they want, and I got to go back to work. So you're working later than almost everyone you know, and you kind of miss right. being in that particular swim. but everybody's decision is individual. Abe Grungold is a retired federal manager. He's now a financial coach in Florida. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me on today.
0: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive, working or retired, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. for the kinds of reasons you just talked about, that it's it's fulfilling. But can you talk a little bit more about that? There have been so many
3: so-called top 50 institutions in the United States that have come aggressively after me. And, you know, I flirted with a couple of them, and I went home to Alabama because these two were very serious. And my family is brutally honest with me, and they keep me grounded. So I flew down and began to talk with them about the society there that kept me from realizing my potential and then kept so many others like me from ever realizing their potential. At the end of a conversation that we had, someone asked Mr. Susulu, we're leaving this conversation thinking that you harbor no anger towards a society that locked you away for 27 years. Are we leaving with the correct conclusion? He said, I harbored no anger or bitterness